A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, you know what sort of people we were among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in great affliction with joy from the Holy Spirit, so that you became a model for all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves openly declare about us what sort of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to await his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the coming wrath. The word of the Lord. When I was 18 or 19, I had the pleasure of attending my uncle's 35th anniversary of his ordination to the priesthood. And uh, while I was there, I was sitting at a table and across from me uh, was uh, an auxiliary bishop. I won't tell you which one. And, you know, my father was sitting next to me, and, and he's very attentive to these kinds of details. And he says, you know, Bishop, uh, a few years ago, uh, you actually confirmed uh, Jason here. Jason is my, my baptismal name. Uh, and the bishop says, oh, wonderful. Jason, I have a question for you. Uh, at every confirmation homily, I say the same three things. Do you remember what those were? And if I had been more clever, I might have said, well, Your Excellency, if the homily had been any good, I might remember. But alas, uh, no, I, that's not what I said. Uh, like a uh, stunned 18-year-old uh, young man, uh, I just sat there sort of dumbfounded that uh, a man with a funny purple hat was asking me this question in the first place. But the more I've thought about this story, the more I've been puzzled. Because it's not just that one homily or that one bishop, uh, but even the, the priests and the preachers in my life whom have they've had a great impact on me, right? People like my uncle, like the, the various priests I've known in campus ministry, uh, in the parishes, uh, the friars that I've uh, had the great pleasure and privilege of calling brothers, right? I'm not sure that I could give a single quote from a single homily given by any of them. But what's funny about that is that that doesn't mean that they didn't have a profound impact on me. No, I think what it means is that it's not the particular words that we say, the particular eloquence with which we speak, that is the source of our greatest impact in ministry. Even somebody like St. Dominic, who we talk about a lot still 800 years later, you go to our preachers, all that business. You know what we don't have? A single homily written by St. Dominic. Instead, what we have is what we call the, the sacra predicatio, the holy preaching, the sacred preaching, which is not uh, the, some profound, uh, uh, well-crafted speech that he gave, but it was the life of the brethren that they shared together. 
It was the, the love that they had received from God that bound them to one another. And that was what they shared with the world. That's why St. Paul, in our reading today from the letter to the Thessalonians, says to the people of Thessalonica, you know not what were the words that I said to you. He says, you know what sort of people we were among you. You know, Paul didn't think of himself as some great speaker, some great preacher. But what he recognized that it wasn't so much maybe the sermons that he gave that had converted those people. It would have been the meals that he shared with them. It would have been uh, the long conversations at night that were important, again, not so much because of the particular words, but because the fact that somebody like him, a Roman citizen, a learned scholar of the law, was having that conversation with those people. That's what made him a great preacher. Uh, for those of you watching at home, this past weekend we had a, a well-socially-distanced, what we call a come-and-see, a vocations weekend. Um, and so we shared a lot of our life uh, with a lot of men who uh, might be thinking about becoming a friar someday. Um, and, you know, I speak for myself, but I don't think I'm alone in this, that sometimes there is a concern that when I'm talking with these men, is what I'm saying, is it good enough? Is it clever enough? Is it learned enough? Is it eloquent enough? But what I think we're learning from, from Dominic and from Paul is that it's not so much the cleverness of our words that is going to have the, the most profound impact on these men, but it is the witness of the love that we have for one another that's informed by the life that we live day in and day out. You know, when, when people meet friars on the street, they don't greet us as homilist Scott, professor Kevin. Those are jobs. Being a Dominican is not a job. It's not something that we, we sort of put on the hat when we walk into the room and then when we step out we get to take it off. No, being a Dominican is an identity of relationship. That's why when people see us on the street, they don't call us professor, they call us brother. They call us father. Because it is an act of our entire being that, that we throw ourselves into this crazy thing called the holy preaching that is a profound witness to the people of God that the love that the world so badly needs is here. If we're wondering, how can I be a more effective preacher... Where we shouldn't look is a book about rhetoric or a thesaurus or a dictionary. The most effective textbook that we have for formation in preaching is right here. It is the brothers whom we live with. It is the prayer that we are so stubbornly committed to every day. That's what making us better preachers, brothers. So if we're looking for the next step in our preaching formation, all you have to do 
is look around. 